my eyes open and I look up and I see this just massive shark slaughter of like hundreds of sharks and live, they're pulling them out onto the beach, cutting their jaws out. So, and then throwing them to the side, put their bodies off the side, cut their fins off. And I'm watching these sharks struggle and it broke every single piece of me, man. I'm Luca Reedy and welcome to the Feeling Alive podcast. I believe there are five key areas of life that when we harness, enables us to live an empowered and fulfilled life. Each episode, I'll interview experts on different aspects of one of these five key areas, which I call the five pillars. Medicine, men, move, mission, and migrate. You see, I'm tired of seeing the immense potential of those around me go unrealized and unserved, because the best version of yourself exists right now. It's time to wake up. Welcome everyone to another episode of Feeling Alive with Luca Reedy. This one is an absolute epic one. I, first of all, I'm very humbled to be here and share this message and I think a lot of people need to hear what this beautiful man has to say. The message today and what I'll be talking to James about is the symbols of synchronicity that are pointing you on your path and that path is your purpose and a lot of people are looking for their purpose these days a lot of people are trying to find their purpose and what I see is that we don't really know how to find it that's a common question it's like where do I look and so what I really hope you get out of this this podcast today is that I'll give you a, a story here but I'll interview James and I'll identify his story here that will help you reflect in your own life to find that within yourself. Now, James, first of all, there was a lot of synchronicities that led me to meeting this this beautiful man, and that was only a week ago. Yeah. A week ago. Yeah. We, um, I met a, I met a, uh, a friend who was from New Zealand at a cafe through just a chance, uh, but a, a meeting with meaning, and that led him to meeting James, and now James. And, and myself uh, are good friends now. We've just been hanging out all this morning. And this is that synchronistic path that I'm talking to you about. And very much the same of, as my purpose. This meeting is very much connected to my purpose. And so, what who, James, I mean, let me just, I don't know how to even just tie this introduction in. Is uh, The best way to describe James is an ambassador for the voiceless. Uh, he is a documentary director, a photographer, uh, a gentleman, and more importantly, has a very strong message to help people evolve consciously in down their path and the evolution of this planet, really. And so, without further ado, I welcome James Hood. So glad to be here. Let's just do this. I've started doing that. Absolutely. Brother. Yes. First things first. What are you grateful for today? What am I grateful for today? I'm grateful for you actually, because uh, you came over, we did a healing, and you helped me actually realize a lot of things. We had what I would call almost like a therapy session yeah. in a really beautiful way. I got to kind of talk about some things I haven't probably been talking about enough. Mm. Um, and I, I don't know, you helped me kind of realize like things that I need to be doing next, uh, which I wasn't quite clear on. And now like no question, I know where I'm heading, which is mm. cool. Um, 
I'm also grateful for. So hey, we're currently hanging out in like my my garden, yeah, uh, and I haven't so had good. like I haven't had like a place to myself. I've been traveling full time for about four years, and I'm in Bali for six months, and I haven't really had this opportunity to like settle somewhere mm. in a very long time. Um, and so I'm very grateful just to like have a space to be able to like invite someone yeah. and to have a conversation and 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 just really kind of um, just put some roots down and ground a little bit. Yeah. Awesome, man. Awesome. I'm actually very grateful to come out here and experience this with you. Like, I'm a very much a man of nature, as I've mentioned in probably all of my podcasts. And, like, just to hear the bugs. We were talking about it before. It's like you'll hear this loud ringing. Yeah. And we, and you thought it was like a drill. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But it's like, and you just get this, like, get your back up in the, in the instance. You're like, oh, man, this construction is yeah. just terrorizing me. Yeah. And you realize, oh, it's actually bugs making noise and this ultimate forgiveness sets in. Right, so right, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, forgive you, bugs. I, I was going to be really angry at those construction workers, but now yeah. it's just, like, so soothing. Yeah, this is your space. Do what you'd like. <laughs> like, I'm just here hanging out. Like, totally. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and, I mean, I'm very grateful to come here and share this with you. I walked in and I'm like, man, this is epic. Like, you've got a cacao tree right there. Yeah, yeah. If anyone wants to know where chocolate comes from, if you can see the tree, it's right there. Yeah. We've got a jackfruit tree right there. We've been figuring out, I mean, for the last few days... The mission is to get these huge jackfruit off this tree. It's at least 40 feet. But like we're surrounded by fruits, vegetables, yeah. flora, fauna, bugs, yeah. nature, and it's just so soothing, man. Yeah. So I'm grateful to be here with you and um, to share this message. So, brother, first of all, I think what we really need to set is the foundation for, for what you're doing now. Now, when we found out, we're like, man, this is an honor to just be able to share this moment with you of like you describing what you're doing and to realize when i met you i was like wow this bloke has a powerful message mm. and he's on a mission and you can see it like when i met you i could feel it i was like mm. you got a message and then, so you are the director of planet vegan yeah you're about to launch soon yeah kind of <laughs> kind of like you've got some pretty exciting things happening like yeah you're meeting some yeah, people very now much. that are like yeah pointing you in a very successful direction yeah to spread this message yeah can you just explain a little bit about what planet vegan is yeah and we'll get down the track of what led you to this but what planet vegan is how people can find it what yeah. message yeah. you're trying to send yeah so planet vegan kind of originated from this idea of of like there being all these awesome vegan documentaries available like cowspiracy what the health um earthlings but all of them kind of being rooted off of like this idea of fear you know, like what the health is about, like your health is deteriorating. Look at all these people with cancer and diabetes. Um, Cowspiracy is about, about the environmental destruction that's happening because of animal agriculture. Uh, Earthlings is about, you know, the, the truth about what's happening in industrialized animal agriculture. And there wasn't anything that's kind of a little bit more inspiring based on like the human stories that are, you know, causing the rise of, of the vegan movement around the world and, and the reason for this compassionate move and things like that. And so I wanted to create something... Um, that just had a little bit more of like a positive vibe because veganism is a beautifully positive thing. Mm -hmm. It's about peace. It's about worldwide peace, not just, you know, for animals and humans interacting with animals, but it's also for humans. It's about peace with, with mother earth and, and really creating almost this utopia that we feel like it's out of, out of reach. Yeah. But in reality, this could be such a huge step towards it. And so Planet Vegan, there's uh, we're aiming about six episodes. It could be up to eight, but we're not really sh entirely sure yet. Uh, we've got two finished completely now. We've done premieres in Berlin and London, uh, which were both really amazing. Um, and we've actually got one on Bali for New Year's, which is mm, super exciting. Definitely can't wait to see yeah, that. Yeah, can't wait. Um, and so yeah, it's just, it's 
it's centered around basically each episode is on a different topic of, of veganism or also kind of like plant-based lifestyle. And so it starts off talking about like clean meat and beyond meat and kind of transitions people into like slowly through 40 minutes each kind of learning about like also the dairy industry and some of these companies making vegan cheese and why they're making vegan cheese and then talking about um like health in a couple of episodes and increasing our health and power and like um all these things with a plant-based diet and then transitioning also into activism and kind of the ethics behind veganism and that's where that the reason those are last is because i want to take people through this journey of like wow this is good for me and it's good for our survival and our well-being and also holy shit, is this really what's happening to animals? I'd never seen them on a truck before. I'd never seen, you know, and it doesn't show anything graphic, but it also very clearly states that this has to change and then gives, you know, the opportunity to change it. Um, so it's a much more like, I think, lighthearted, um, but also I, I kind of believe more of like a well-rounded approach to veganism where it explains kind of more facets of it. Man, that's beautiful. Uh, I think I, I get goosebumps hearing you talk about this because I really feel passionate about getting that message out there. Yeah, yeah. But for me, I, and this is why I love what you do because for me, it's really hard to be yeah. a an activist. Yeah. It's like it's not in my nature. Mm. I prefer to do it in a different way. Yeah. But which is like, which is also activism. Totally. Don't forget that. You yeah, know? Like yeah, yeah. Activating in different. Yeah, ways. absolutely. And like, I want to support you guys as much as I can. And I think I was telling you that the other day. It's like we need to like we need to heal this army of activists. Yeah. So they can protect themselves energetically. Absolutely. Going into these yeah. um, factories, and I think you know I'd love to play play a role in that for yeah. sure. Um, and I totally take my hat off to you because what you're doing is you're sticking up for the voiceless, like you're sticking up for something you have purpose, mm. and that lights you up. Yeah. And I want to I want to talk a little bit about why you actually came to doing animal activism, and yeah. what was it that like set you off? Yeah. Um, so I kind of like, I always look at like veganism as being a journey because we've all, you know, it took me 25 years to, to, to become vegan, you know, and I, I say become vegan because I believe it was always in me, but like it was eventually unleashed in a way because I, you know, you take the average three-year-old, they would never in a million years harm a pig or a cow or, or a sheep. Even, even, I mean, we don't even have the ability to at three years old, you know, like, you, you, you release a cheetah onto a gazelle and that gazelle's got a bad day. You know, it doesn't matter how young this cheetah is, but really we're taught as children to, to be, a, like to adore these animals. All of our books, all of our stuffed animals, they're all like so dear to us. And yet we don't realize that we're eating chicken nuggets and we're eating pigs and we're eating all these animals. And I think most children would be pretty shocked to find out what's happening to these animals, especially the majority of them when they're kept in, you know, CAFOs and all of these places. Mm. And so I think it's always been inside of me. And I think most people really are vegan at heart. We all, the majority of us don't want to cause unnecessary harm and mm -hmm. suffering. It's just that society has conditioned us to believe that we, we have the right to. And that we, that's, that dogs and cats are different than pigs and cows. And that we can slaughter one and the other we share our home with, we give them names, all these things that we, we do out of love. So I think I've you know, always been vegan, but just never made the connection. Um, and then when I was, I watched, I watched Cowspiracy when I was, uh, I think 23. Um, and it's funny because I resonated so much with the character in Cowspiracy because he was like a big time recycler and he made sure to like leave his car on, you know, he'd turn it off instead of idling it at red lights. And I was that guy. I literally have like, when I was at uni, I have like, call, uh, like, uh, videos that we made. And I was like a, a parody character of this guy who like always recycled. And my friends and I would make like videos and stuff like that. And, um, 
and I was like this, they'd like make, my friends would actually make fun of me for always recycling. And like, I'd like, if someone was at a party and they were about to throw out their glass, I'd literally be like, no, no, I'll collect it. And I'd like collect it and like go recycle it and shit like that. I really cared. And like my, my parents growing up, they were very similar and things like that. And so I had this in me. And then I learned that what I was eating, you know, for example, or wearing or anything like this had such a profound effect on our, on our planet. And so I went vegetarian. I didn't make the, I didn't make the, um, the vegan conclusion. And I also wasn't a good vegetarian, you know, good. Um, but I wasn't dedicated because it, it really, it was for something where like, if the food was free or given it to me, I think all oh, the environmental impact has already been, it's already happened. You know, once a cow is slaughtered, they're not really causing any further pain to the environment necessarily. So. I didn't make that connection. I was vegetarian for about a year and a half and then um, started naturally kind of being more and more towards like, I don't really need cheese. I started cutting it out, eggs, things like this. And then when I was in Bolivia, I started, I quit my job, started backpacking um, and I did that for quite a while. Um, and I was backpacking up through South America. I was in Bolivia and I was at this street market in this town called Sucre. And they have these huge markets and they're usually super raw like it's heavy what's happening in these places you know it's just hectic and there's a lot of noise and colors it's a very intense place and then you get to this this huge butcher shop where for every you know like stall is a butcher for as far as the eye can see really they're huge markets and i remember taking a photo of this cow and it wasn't a, it, was, it wasn't really a cow at this point it was just the face of a cow that had been like severed basically at like the jawline and I had this weird perspective shift because this cow looked just like this dog in a way. I had this dog named Colby when I was growing up and he had big floppy ears, and black ears, and he had this big brown nose and he was black and white. And he looked just like this cow in such a profound way to me. And I had this massive perspective shift. I took this photo and it's, it's actually in the first episode. And every time I watch this with people, it's this really positive intro. It's like, hey, look at me. This is the journey I went on. And then boom. And we literally added the sound of like boom. And people see it and the whole theater goes <gasps> because they feel it because that's what did it to me because other people can make that connection too they just haven't yet and so it i mean i had this profound i had that sound that boom sound took, took took over you know and i realized at that point not only did i want to be a proud vegan but i wanted to be someone that fought for the rights of these animals that have been taken from them you know um because i i'd never really fought for much you know like i come from like a pretty relatively like safe environment in a way you know like I never I never cared about human rights you know and, and a lot of these things and so this was the first thing that I it had hit me so hard interesting because um, yeah. I hear you I hear what I hear is that you have an innate courage yeah because you're maybe. talking about collecting yeah you're yeah, talking yeah. about collecting glasses yeah and collecting rubbish and protecting the environment at a young age not caring what other people think yeah, yeah. where does that come from yeah like, where did it come from for you I don't know. I think, to be honest, my, my dad was actually always someone who would, who would like, pick up trash and stuff like that. And he would, and, and they were always, like, very, very aware of these things, too. Um, and they're, you know, they had, like, we had a sailboat when I was growing up. Like, and and, and this, we had, like, originally, like, very small little tiny sailboats. And we'd go out and sail, and there'd be power boats all over the place. And my dad would always be like, they're driving too fast. And we'd just be in our little sailboat and stuff like that. And so, like, he always, like... That was a big thing is for him you didn't need a motor on a sailboat and things like this and so like i grew up i grew up on like a like a river and i was and we were always very concerned we we had like oysters that we would pick up every year and put them into the water so they'd help clean the bay and things like that and so like i had like i had this in me since since i was a kid and i think i really embodied a lot of that because i was i was just so interested in that like preservate why would we not try and preserve the natural world that we live within you know 100 percent. yeah of course 
it's so funny because this is why I really wanted to do this podcast. It's like, and you didn't realize some of this until we were at dinner the other night and we're yeah. chatting. I'm like, whoa, it makes so much sense why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. And it's the story work that we that we really get a lot of this yeah. this um, benefit of finding our purpose. Of course. You've grown up in an environmental conscious family, yeah. which has given you the courage to speak up, yeah. hence you're an animal activist. Yeah. Yeah. Now you've like started paying attention through that environmentally conscious family to the environment so yeah. you look at the animals now and you go wow i don't actually need to do this so yeah. it, it all starts from very early ages for of you. course yeah. and you've got the courage so now you can walk into um a slaughterhouse and be like i know what i need to do here. yeah you've got the courage already so yeah. these are these are those symbols that i'm talking about the symbols of synchronicity that led you to your path of purpose because yeah. you are on purpose right now yeah. and you have a mission yeah. and it like when people see what you're doing we get energetically um enthused yeah, yeah, yeah. about like what you're doing it's like yeah fuck yeah um and so these aren't all the these aren't all the things like you were you've, you've these aren't the symbols there's so many more symbols yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's just like wow how many can we even fit all these symbols in um but i think what's really important is for people to know this right now and we'll yeah. continue on to these these other symbols but people need to know that in order for you to really find purpose in your life you must go back through your story back to childhood yeah. find the pain find the information that you were given from an early age and the environment that you were in and let that paint the picture of your purpose because that's where it is and the more and more i do this work with myself with uh people that i mentor people that work with me and hearing your stories it's like it's so evident yeah. but people don't want to go back to the story yeah. back to because a lot of it's painful yeah people, right? yeah like we course. were talking about emotions yeah. before like that's what we were healing yeah like a lot of us pick up a lot of baggage and yeah. we don't want to just do one go through it and like see what clothes are in there yeah to like throw out the dirty ones because we need a we need a suitcase of clean clothes right right, now right, to move right. Forward, right yeah so you know i mean you've seen the bull like the, the, the head yeah like that's pretty traumatic like yeah. i don't that's a drop that's a like a, a mic drop absolutely like, yeah yeah instant vegan moment for yeah. me too yeah tell me about the meditation retreat in mexico that you went to and you didn't even realize this but i'm like dude that's another thing yeah for sure um so basically when i was kind of like i wasn't really in the corporate world but i had like a like a real job you know i was i was the creative director for a photography company and i was shooting a lot of photos and all these things and i, I was living in hawaii originally when i took the job and then that moved me out to Utah. I was in the mountains. Um, and then that was in, that took me to California eventually. I was in California and the job started feeling less and less fulfilling in a lot of ways. Um, and then it was, I was actually, I was, uh, since I was in Utah, it was also not very fulfilling there. In Hawaii it was great, but then I took a, a move. And while I was in Utah, I, I just like one day Googled, I was like, what do you want to do with your life? And like my sister had always traveled. And like growing up, I traveled quite a bit with my family and things. And I was like, I want to like, backpack i want to see the world i want to experience new things and new cultures and so i googled um how much money do i need to save to travel for a year <laughs> and it was like 10 grand and i was like oh my god like i can say i was making money i was like, i can save 10 grand in the next six months yeah. so i set a goal i was like it was january i was like by june i want to like have 10 grand saved and i want to be able to travel that's an insatiable desire yeah right absolutely and so i i was like i was like okay like i i stopped i that was actually one of the reasons i cut out meat too is i was i i'd seen cowspiracy and then i was also like meat's expensive like yeah, totally. i can eat other stuff and like i can get a veggie burger for cheaper than like a big beef patty yes. i used to eat steak and shit like that like yeah. i was just like, you don't need any of that like yeah. so i did that and then when i was in i was in california i got even more serious about it like i quit drinking i didn't go out really because i was just like 
this is what I want. Like this, I, I'd never really experienced that where I was like, this is what I'm doing. And like nothing can get in my way. Like I was, I was furious. I was like getting there, you know? Um, and it was cool. Cause I had friends that were like, dude, like, come on, like, come out with us. And I was like, I was like, I would love to, but this is bigger than, than, than me going out for a night of experience, you know? Like, mm -hmm. so that was something. And That's then I, there was this, um, there was this girl who I'd met in uni just like one night. Um, and I'd seen her on Facebook. She'd always like um, posted pictures of her. She was down in Patagonia. She was in Guatemala and all these places. And I was like, oh my God, like I need to reach out to her. So I was sitting in my, in my office in California and I type her name into Facebook Messenger. And as I'm typing her name, I get a message from her. No Dude, shit. Yeah. I get a message from her, pa like pages long. And it's all about how she basically, she knew I was a photographer and she'd been kind of like following me a little bit and she'd seen me and stuff like that. We'd never really talked. And um, she knew I was a photographer and she was working, she was like volunteering at a yoga uh, meditation retreat in Mexico. And they needed someone to come down and take photos of the like new place they set up and all the food they were making and stuff like that. So basically they were offering me like free accommodation, free food, whole thing for like three weeks. And then I also get to do a 10 day silent meditation. I'd never done meditation, but I knew it would be good for me. And so like <laughs> literally I get this message and I'm like, I'm like done. I told her, I was like, I'll get a flight. I'll be down there in three weeks. I was like, no problem. I even thought about it for a little bit. I was like, I was like, this is your out. This is what you've been waiting for. Mm. And like, Whoa. you can take this right now if you want. And I was like, yeah, but I don't know. It's going to be scary quitting my job. And I was like, fuck all that. That's all noise. Yeah. Do this. And I, I, I told her, I was like, okay, no problem. I'll be there. That day I had a meeting with the GM of Ritz Carlton, which is like a fucking fancy ass hotel. That's where I was working. And I had a meeting with her and she was like, okay, like, cause I just started this property and I had been at another one in California. I was doing both of them, which is why I was taking photos. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I was like super overworked. I was also the manager. So I was managing these properties and like the only photographer cause everyone else had either had basically quit cause it was, I think too much anyway. So I'm, um, I'm doing all this work and it had been less and less fulfilling. And I was thinking about getting out and then I see this and I was like, boom, done. That's my out. Have a meeting with the GM. She sits down with me. She's like, James. I just want to talk with you because basically we've had a lot of employee turnover in this position and we need to know that you're here long term. And like we need to know that you will be here like at least a year, at least a few years because we can't keep having your photography company have people quit. And I looked at her in the eyes and I was like, this is super unfortunate for you, but I'm quitting. Like I'm, I, I was about to call my boss and put in my, in my two weeks notice. Whoa. And she was like, are you serious? And I was like, I'm really sorry. <laughs> and I was Whoa. just like, and then, so I like walked away from that and I was out, call my boss. And I told him, and she was quite upset, but I called my boss and I told him, I was like, I just want to let you know, like, I've loved this position. I've grown so much from this position. It's allowed me to do so many things, but I just got an opportunity to travel and like, I'm taking it. Yeah. And my boss was like, he like, I'll never forget. He took like this deep breath and he was like, okay, I'm proud of you. And he was like, let's make this work. He was a really cool guy. We got along super well. Um, and so I, I booked my ticket and that was, that was my new thing. And I got down there and met a bunch of people, had this meditation retreat, and then what we'd been talking about was on like on the third day, I had like a- you were gonna quit first. Let's yeah, 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 that. yeah, like, absolutely. I mean, meditation, I'm an advocate. Yeah. And we're talking about the silent retreat. Yeah. And you were like, nah, right. fuck this. Like, I'd, exactly, I'd never, I, and that was later in on it actually, but but I'd never been into meditation, and then once I figured out I did this, I was like Googling, I was like, what's a meditation retreat like, which I don't recommend, you should just go you into a kind a of open- You use a lot of Google, man. You use a lot of Google. <laughs> Shit to do it, I'm a researcher, man. I'm a yeah, big time researcher. And, um, and so I was like going through this stuff and, and I, people were like, Oh, make sure to like cleanse your body and like really prepare. Cause it's hard. And I was like, Oh shit, man, I've, I've never had I meditated. And so I'm like, okay, I like start doing like five minutes a day. This is like two weeks before I head down there. Like, okay. I'll do five minutes a day. 
And then I start looking up like the retreat program and I see that from like, you know, 6 a.m. till 7, we've got an hour meditation and then we have breakfast and then we have a four hour meditation or whatever, maybe three yeah. hour meditation. And then, and then a two hour break and then we do some learning and then a four hour meditation. And I'm like, oh, shit. So I'm, I'm sitting here on the floor in my bedroom doing five minutes at a time and yeah. struggling. And I'm like, man, my mind won't shut up and all this shit. So I read a couple books on meditation, Thich Nhat Hanh and all these things and I'm starting to get more into it. And, and then I got down there and, and like it did kick my ass, man. Because I, I went down there, I met all these people. I had like two weeks of like shooting and, and, and doing some videos and stuff before I kind of, um, before we started the 10 days. And the 10 days were really powerful for me. The first three days I had beautiful experiences. One and day one and two were hard. Day three was like super beautiful. I like, I, I had like a near out, out of body experience, but really I think what it was is I, I, we were doing this thing where it was like asking who am I? And it was d detaching me from something, my ego, whatever it was, I was being detached in some way. And I ended up having this thing, this profound experience where I just like dove into myself because I was doing this like practice where I would like ask who am I? And then I forget what I would say is, is like, I would say I am blind or something like that. And I would lose everything except blackness and then go deep down. And I kind of met like God or something like that. It was hard to define. I didn't really have a good definition of it at the time. So I don't really have words for it. Um, but yeah, that, that kind of led me through it. But then on, on day six, I, um, after that third day, I had such a shitty time. I was really struggling to get into it. I think I, I, I day three, I saw a lot of people leave because it, it was a meditation where like only half of the people were there for the full 10 days. Some left after three on purpose and then some left after five. And I think I saw people leaving and I just, I think I got jealous. I was like, I don't want to stay with this. It got really, got really difficult where I wasn't feeling fulfilled. I was feeling like I was struggling so much and suffering in a way. Um, and so I remember day six specifically, I tried to quit because I went for a walk on the beach and I came back and they were doing like their weekly or annual, I don't know what it was, but they were doing this shark slaughter. So what they were doing is they had like hundreds of sharks they'd gone out and caught in these boats. And, I, you know, you, you were allowed to leave the meditation center and go for a walk on the beach. And, of course, you're no eye contact still. You're supposed to look at the ground. And then I, I, I went for this long walk on the beach. And then on the way back, an hour and a half, two hours, I'd sat and meditated, really tried to, like, just try and get back into it. Because I, I felt so lost, you know. And then I, like, my eyes open and I look up and I see this just massive shark slaughter of, like, hundreds of sharks. And live, they're pulling them out onto the beach, cutting their jaws out. So, and then throwing them to the side, put their bodies off the side, cut their fins off. And I'm watching these sharks struggle and it broke every single piece of me, man. And I was, I was like, I was vegetarian at that point and like, mm. and really wasn't thinking about things and as much as I should have been, I guess. Yeah. And, um, it broke me, man. And I got so disheartened mm. and just broke really physically and mentally broken. So I went down, uh, I went back to the retreat center and I was like, I'm quitting. I like, I can't physically and mentally finish. And I was, and, and I gave myself all these excuses. I was like, that's okay. You came here, you tried your best, you did all these things. So I wrote this like long um, letter to the guy who was kind of leading the male side of the room, long letter. And I worded it perfectly so that I couldn't, so that he'd have to read it and be like, James, you're right. Yes, you can leave. I give you full permission. Thank you for being here though. And I wrote it and I was like, I've had such a good time, but I really didn't ask for this, you know, like. I came down here with good intentions, but I didn't, I didn't ask to do this meditation stuff. It just kind of fell in my lap, you know? So like I had a great six days. Uh, thank you, you know, brother David, thank you. He was the guy leading. And so I go up, you know, I give him with intention my thing and I set it down in front of him, this long letter and I see him pick it up and he's like, James. And he, he reads it and I see him like put it down and he was such a, he was beautiful at doing things with intention. He folds it back up 
puts it on the ground and I look at him and I'm waiting for him to look at me and be like, come up, I'm going to release you. And instead he picks up his fucking notebook and like goes to town. Literally, I was like, at some point I'm like, this dude is painting a picture. I know that he's not actually still writing pages, dude, pages. And I didn't even have to read, to be honest, past the first sentence because it was so freaking beautiful. He hands it back to me. And, uh, and it says, um, and it's like, dear brother James. And I'm like, ah, Uh, and I'm like, ah, David. And, and, uh, and the first thing is, first off, thank you for being here. Thank you for, uh, taking the time to be here and doing things with intention and with gratitude and with joy and with love and, and with spirit and all these things. And I'm like, fuck's sake, man, Jesus. And, um, and the first like sentence after the intro was, I want you to imagine yourself at the top of a mountain. And I want you to remember looking back from the summit of this mountain and looking back at the journey that took you there and imagining the pain and suffering that will ca- that would be caused if on the sixth day out of a 10-day hike, you turned back. Looking at what could have been later in your life and what person you wanted to be and what strides you would have wanted to have taken, what strides. And I'm reading this and I'm like, son of a bitch. <laughs> and like, it's funny because I don't think he knew this, but I used to be like when I was, when I was, uh, I was yeah. super into hiking and yeah. like, I, and, and it's funny because leading on through like South America, I was super into hiking, got on all these things. And I always remember looking back on that and thinking with every hike, often wanting to quit. I did some hard hikes, man. Yeah. Some of the hardest in South America. And like, I always wanted to quit. There was always, sorry, there was always a part of me that wanted to quit. Yeah. And I always thought about it and I'd always go back to that and think like, you didn't quit then. What if? And that was way harder than this. Yeah, really. Sure. That was hard, man. And so I, I ended up doing it. But, like, I didn't do it well, to be honest yeah. with you. Because I, I remember, like, I told someone this. Like, I was making to-do lists. Because, like, I knew I had, like, I'd get back to California. I had two weeks after this where I had to, like, pack up all my shit and figure out my life. So I was making to-do lists. Like, yeah. during a meditation retreat. Yeah. And, like, and I talked to someone after that. They were like, dude, that's, like, totally the opposite. Like, you shouldn't have done that. And yeah. I was like... I know, but I was broken. Yeah, I really, sure. I still was, man. But I think that that really gave me a lot of strength yeah. to be able to come back. Totally, man. And that's another symbol too, right there. Yeah, it's like yeah. one, the sharks. Yeah. You saw the shark. Yeah. But two, you gave yourself clarity in meditation, which yeah. meditation does. And it gives you clarity to create a to-do list to figure out your life. So For sure. you got exactly what you needed out yeah. of that. Yeah. And, and sometimes I, I look to meditation as that. It's totally. okay to sometimes think while you're meditating yeah. and really be like, what do I want from this? And use it as a tool, you know? Well, because we're always on our phones or we're yeah. always like um, stimulated by external Absolutely. resources that we don't actually go within. Yeah. And that's where our information is, is stored. Yeah. Like the yeah. subconscious is powerful. Yeah. We can make like a map of like where we need to go based on like the memories of our subconscious, yeah. the good ones and yeah. the bad ones. And that's really what we're talking about here is like the symbols of syn- synchronicity. Yeah. You got, you actually learned meditation there, would you say? like Absolutely. Oh, yeah. 100%. So, yeah. Which is very interesting because yeah. meditation played a key role into you becoming the director of this film. Absolutely. Boom, another symbol. Yeah. But more than that, you got to see the shark, which yeah. gave you more um, empathy and just like. And strength. Yeah, in your, strength, in definitely. Your purpose and your yeah. mission. You're like, yeah. I can't let this happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, very true. And so you cleaned your life up, you got your life sorted up, sorted out, and you were like, stuff it. You saved your 10 grand and you were like, gone yeah. down South America. Yeah. And. Tell us a little bit about if there's any symbols that you can see that what South America gave you. I know the meditation was one. Yeah. But what was there for you? What, what did you discover about yourself? Boli- I mean, Bolivia was there. Bolivia was there. That was, that was, I mean, that was a big turning point for me. Right. Um, I, spent a, I spent quite a bit of time with people who like didn't have this like intention and drive mm. and they were just traveling. Mm. And so right after I saw the cow 
um, uh, what I started doing, or the face of the cow, what I started doing was partnering with vegan restaurants. And so I would, and, and, and like hotels and hostels, and I'd been doing it with restaurants and hostels before, but I changed it now to being vegan. And so what I was doing is I was taking photos for them, basically. I'd go take photos, they'd give me food. It was this trade. And so what I would do instead is I, I, I went to these vegan restaurants and I like really made it a, a job to help them because there was small vegan restaurants in like Bolivia. Mm. And like, for example, Bolivia and Argentina and like all of these places. And it was funny, the first, the first place, I was vegetarian at this point, still like occasionally eating meat if it was given to me and stuff. Um, but when I was in Argentina, it was the first time I'd, I'd ever worked with a vegan restaurant. Mm. And the woman that was running it was so full of life. Like so much more, I'd, I'd been to steakhouses and stuff like mm. this and they're like miserable people and they're making money and all this stuff. She was like, this space was beautiful and pure and clean and she was such a bright, like 50 year old woman who looked like she was 25 and like had so much energy. And that was a big, it wasn't like a turning point, but I remember thinking like, well, she I, doing? Yeah, yeah, exactly. What's, what's her thing, yeah. you know? And, and that was a big part of it. And so that kind of led me and it was cool because if you look at through that, I was on what they call the gringo trail, which is the classic like white person backpacker <laughs> shit. And so I, I found myself on this. And as I progressed to North through South America, as I grew, you know? Um, so that was really beautiful. That kind of, uh, Bolivia is when I, when I became like really grounded. I saw the cow and I was like, I, my life is now about this, you know? Uh, and then when I was in something up in you, like, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, just to give people clarity on like what that feels like when they found their thing. Yeah. How did that feel? Cause you saw it and you're like, no, nah, I got to fucking do something. I knew. Like, yeah. how did it feel? It just like, I'd never, I don't think I'd ever really been like impacted by a single event mm. quite like this. And I probably had, but I maybe didn't have the the clarity, I guess, to know it, you know, like, and, and this hit me and I was like, boom, like, that's, that's what I want to do. And so I, I think then I also started looking more into ways that I could like deepen that mm. in a way. So I, I, and the other thing is that led me to meet so many more vegan people. Mm. And I met these inspiring vegans. There's this one vegan restaurant I always think about in, in Sucre where that happened, the, the cow thing happened. And, and basically I'd, I'd met these people. It was the, f I think one of the first vegan places in Bolivia to open up. And it was led by this this Australian guy actually and his wife who was Bolivian, and they started and they had like they, they you know they were selling this like all like this four course meal super good for like whatever two bucks you know like nothing and in Bolivia even that was like a reasonable amount to pay for like a four course meal, and they they had really difficult times getting started and everything and it, it wasn't going well and then there was this Bolivian woman with diabetes who came in, and she ate there every day for two weeks diabetes disappears, and she started telling all her Bolivian people. You know, and then they started getting packed. And now every day for lunch, it was a small place. They only could fit 15 people, but every day, 15 people packed. packed. And so I'd go in there and like, I got to meet these people and learn what they were doing and everything. And it was such a cool thing. And I started realizing no one was born vegan. Mm -hmm. Every single person had a story to share mm -hmm. because like every vegan I meet, they were like, oh yeah, I went vegan because I saw earthlings and it destroyed my reality and showed me something new. I had this connection with a cat who I loved or like, mm -hmm something or they did it for their health and it's healed them you know from a deep perspective and so like every one of us has a story man a deep story to share and that's what later down the line made me think so much about a documentary mm. was like think about all the people out there who are yeah. vegan and they became vegan for these crazy reasons uh that push against society and conditioning and all these things and so that was like a big opening of like not only can you do this but you've already done it in a yeah. way you've already shared these people's story through their food and yeah. through you know helping them with marketing and stuff like that and so like that that was a big thing for sure so you see yourself i mean you've gone okay i've got photography skills yeah 
I've got this innate desire to help the animals and yep. to help the planet. Yep. And you thought, all right, I'm just going to take photos and I'm going to publicize restaurant or yep. vegan restaurants and get them out there and get yep. the word out there. Yeah. And that's one path that you thought you were going down, right? Because we often do this. We think we're going down a path and then something else happens and it's yeah. like, whoa, cool. Yeah. And I think a lot of us actually don't end up on our path because we have resistance to change. Yeah. Yeah. And so you had this you had this um, beautiful experience and when just like and this came back to your earlier lesson of another your other symbol, your earlier symbol yeah. of meditation. Yeah. Where you learnt it. Yeah. So then you started doing a meditation later down the track. Yeah. And tell us a little bit what happened in that meditation. So bad. definitely, and, and I'll actually, I'll preface this a little bit. We can talk about ayahuasca briefly. Yeah. So when I was in Peru, again, going north, it was like, and Bolivia is right next to Peru. After Bolivia was Peru. And so I like, I'd been thinking, it's funny, I met these two backpackers. And it's always interesting. You never know mm. what people are going to impact you. And like, I'd met these two backpackers who were super chill. I met them in like South Argentina. So the beginning of my journey. Mm. And, um, and they t- told me about ayahuasca. And they told me what it did for them. And they told me about like the spiritual journey they'd been on. It was this couple and they'd like really enlightened themselves in a way uh, through a very difficult experience. And I remember thinking like, I need that. And like at this point throughout this whole journey, I'd had like an eating disorder and problems with like self-hate and like self-love and and all these things. I'd had some issues Mm -hmm. and I knew that I I had this feeling really deeply that ayahuasca could help me. I don't know why. And I'd actually in my life had terrible experiences with like psychedelics, really, really bad trips and stuff like that. Uh, one time, the first time I ever did um, psychedelics was like horrific. It was really bad. But I was also a really... In a bad state. In a bad state. Yeah. And I did it and when I was in a horrible state. And I did it because I, I didn't do it for healing. I did it for like fun and joy and all these things, expecting that. And it was horrible. It was really, ter- it was really horrific. Yeah. Um, and so I knew I had this fear but I also knew that I wanted to push past that and try it, you know, because I, I something it kept drawing itself to me. I kept hearing people. And there's, there's a lot of spirituality on this path because a lot of people are doing that down yeah, there. Sure. So I kept meeting people. And it's, I was just thinking it's so interesting how these, some people will come into your lives mm. and they plant a seed mm-hmm. and you have no idea that it's going to absolutely change your life yeah. in such a powerful Amen, way. Brother. Absolutely. Amen. And it's like, you never know. Yeah. You, I, I met these people for 48 hours, yeah. tops. And they talked to me about it and I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested. It was the first time I'd heard about it. I was like, that does sound interesting. Yeah. And then, you know, four months later, I start really getting serious about it. And I, I was like, so what I wanted to do is find find a place that I, an ayahuasca retreat that would let me come there for free. And I would take pictures. I'd do videos, anything they needed me to do, I'd take care of. Because that's how I was traveling. I was, I was traveling almost for free. And it was such a good system because it taught me about the beauty of trading as opposed to doing things for money because money is this clouded weird thing about it but when you give a service in trade for another service it's just pure it's such a beautiful thing um so i'd been doing that for such a long time i knew i wanted to do it with ayahuasca and i also couldn't afford to do the ayahuasca retreat it was like 1200 bucks because it was this you know and it wasn't like a nice one because i saw some that were 10 grand and you come down there and it's five-star accommodation (laughs) and everything it was crazy because it's like like jungle hut absolutely yeah yeah but but sometimes it's like you know it's like a 10-day experience sometimes so it's a lot of money like you know like same thing if you go to a yoga retreat in bali it's not it's not often at least it's not it's not a cheap experience people come out here 1500 bucks you know for for 10 days so anyway beautiful things lined up to enable me to do ayahuasca in in peru and and i was able to go there shoot for a couple days and meet all these beautiful people and then come back and experience it myself Mm. and it was so powerful that i really and i won't go into it here too much because i think the story is a little too long it was so powerful it broke me 
and rebuilt me and showed me my purpose over the course of five days. And I can't emphasize enough, really, how much it broke me. Like, it, it, it forced me to be nothing but the core of myself in a way. And I'm still not that perfect core, but it, it really broke me and showed me, you know, I had three different nights. The first night was, the first night I always symbolize as, as, as being, summarized as being like beauty and serenity and all of these amazing things and, and showing me the beauty of the world. The second night was horror and torture and pain and everything that we do. To, that was, it was mainly centered around animals, but I felt what, you know, I, I experienced what felt like six weeks in a slaughterhouse, literally six weeks of breathing in nothing but but blood in the air and like feeling it so deeply and really being there. And then the last night was showing me the depths of the universe that we, that we live in, mm. the depths of, the, of consciousness and all of these things and how we're really stuck in a way on this plane where we, where we unfortunately can't really see outside of it often. And they, they exist. And it, it's, you know, like think about this, the, the, the like atoms and, and bugs mm. and all these different universes. Like you think of like ants, there is something happening there that we walk by. And I remember looking up something called the, uh, afterwards, the, um, I forget what it's called. Um, there's something, a Fermi paradox. You ever heard of that? No, I haven't. You'll have to look at it, okay, but it's beautiful. There's all these, like it's basically, you would absolutely love it. It's all of these theories of like, where is alien life? Where is other life? And there's all these, all these theories and it's really beautiful. And one of them says that basically we are, um, we are an, like, if, if you're on the highway, do you ever stop your car to think about the anthill that's right next to the highway? Yeah. We are that anthill and there are things happening outside of us yeah. that we have no perspective on, no understanding of, and they're happening and we're just, we're in our anthill. We're just, we're doing our things, we're doing our day to day and there are crazy things happening outside of our perspective. Um, and so I, I really got to experience that. But most importantly, the last night was all about like my journey and it showed me that I was on the right path and that I just had to continue and find fortitude and really, really continue down this because it's, I was doing the right thing. Yeah. I just had to get more serious about yeah. it. Yeah. Cut to yeah. my travels taking me to Europe and I was working, I was volunteering again a trade um, at, this, at this business school. And I really did it because I didn't want to be cold. So I went to Tenerife, which is in the Canary Islands in Spain. And I didn't want to be cold. So I went there kind of for the winter. Um, but I was working in like a very you know non-vegan environment and I, I was feeling like I was just had so much pressure because all the people I was working with, we had lunch every day and I didn't feel comfortable really like sitting around the table when they were eating meat and animals and things like this. And I, I just started feeling like like beaten a little bit in a way where I, I, I felt like I was wasting time, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I was bringing new insights to the school and things like that and I was doing outreach and things, but I, I really, you know, wasn't feeling this fulfillment. Um, this was at the same time and ayahuasca led to this, making sure that I got much more into meditation because mm. the cleansing process of ayahuasca before, for six weeks, I made sure every day, twice a day, I was meditating, I was eating super clean, which was not easy with, with an eating disorder. And like, I was like really making sure that I was taking it seriously, meditating. And like, even when I got there, people told me, they were like, it's amazing how like seriously you're taking this. Because like at one point, we were joking around with everybody, like having a really good time and like meeting everyone. And then at one point I was like, you didn't meditate this morning. So I left the group and went for like an hour and meditated, came back and was like grounded and felt better and things like that. Anyway, this carried on through the Canary Islands when I was there. And so I started like, I was meditating longer than I do now. Even I was doing like 45 minutes in the morning at, at night and I was really spot on. Then one day, one morning, um, I woke up 
meditated, my normal meditation, and I had this idea come in that said, it just came in and it was like, film a documentary about veganism, and it left. Because any good meditator knows when you have a thought come in, you say, oh, beautiful, and you let it go. Yeah. Because that's what you're supposed to do. It's all about unattached, yeah, losing, losing attachment and all these things. Yeah. And I was like, nah, fuck that. And I like, I reeled this thing back in and I sat with it for a second and I like opened my eyes and I was like, oh, this is it. So like, it, I just got hit, it, it hit me. It was inspiration, it hit yeah. me. So I literally broke meditation, got my laptop out and started sending emails to every person I knew within the vegan movement at that time who I had heard of. I'd read a book by Dr. Greger, I'd done all these things. So I started sending messages. By the end of the day, I had enough people that had told me, yes, we want to be part of this to film a documentary. And by the end of like that week or two weeks, I had enough people tell me like, yes, we want to be part of this. And I was like, this is no longer a documentary. Like I have people from the animal rights movement. I have people from the plant-based community. I have people from, um, from like, from, from the health community and from like sports yeah. and all these things. I was like, this is, this is way bigger than this. And so that launched the whole thing. And then, uh, I basically, I was working with this school and it gave me this opportunity where I really wasn't doing that much for them and they weren't doing that much for me. And so I had like eight hours a day where I could just sit on YouTube, on Google and do what I did, which was researching. That was my thing. And I just researched. I'd never picked up a film camera, had no idea what I was doing, but I learned. I learned all about the gear, you know, like, like insatiable desire, insatiable desire. Absolutely. And it just took over, man. It took over. And, and that kind of has led me to where we are today. Where you are today, yeah. man. Like, look at all those symbols. Yeah. This is... Yeah. And that's what got me so excited. I'm like, dude, we've got to do a podcast. Yeah, this yeah, yeah. needs to be sh shared. Like, yeah. And I think everyone has this in them. Yeah, I do too. Um, and, and the word that I heard most, like, this is really interesting. You say, I wasn't fulfilled. Mm. And that was like your barricade yeah. of like keeping you on the path. Yep. You had this awareness in you yeah. that paid attention to your feelings, yeah. which was, okay, this doesn't satisfy me. This doesn't feel good. Yeah. This doesn't satisfy me. This doesn't feel good. And that kept you going down this path yeah. of fulfillment yeah. that you're on now. Absolutely. Where you love what you're doing. Yeah. Ext in extreme amounts, yeah. right? Would yeah. you be fair to say? Of course. So I think that's another really important key that I need to share here is like, use this fulfillment as your personal barricade. Absolutely. The measure of fulfillment is whether you're doing what you love. Your compass. Exactly, yeah. your compass. It's yeah. like a bowling alley with like those barricades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, put the barricades up and let yeah. the barricades be fulfillment. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then you'll find your path, right? Yeah. You'll get a strike. Yeah. Um, and that's really fascinating, man. So I, I think that people get the point. is like, look back at the past. Yeah. Find these symbols, yeah. whether they're good or they're bad. Yeah. I mean, there is no good or bad. Whether they were challenging or yeah. whether they were uh, exciting. Yeah. The people you meet yeah. that taught you something, planted a seed, yeah. the experiences that you saw, they all paint a picture yeah. and you're clear evidence that this works. Yeah. Like it's it's so beautiful. So what's I wanna talk about a bit about the documentary now. Like yeah. I'm yeah. excited to come to this uh, premiere yeah. on New Year's Eve here in Abud. Yeah. Which is gonna be amazing. I'm super excited about this. And it's not only a premiere, but we have so we're making this like whole event around it. That's right. It's basically bring in the new the new vegan year. And so it's, we have a premiere of Planet Vegan and then afterwards Zest, which That's is like right. an all vegan awesome place, is throwing like a huge party. And there's going to be like four or 500 people there. It's going to be- It's going to be epic. It's going to be epic. Yeah. yeah, must mention that. We're going to party yeah. after. We're going to party after. And um, we're going to party on cacao. Like I'm not drinking, so I'm going to be partying with water, cacao and mocktails. Yeah, same here. Um, but that's going to be fun because Zest yeah. is awesome in a wicked uh, Bali or a wicked plant-based restaurant yeah. here in Ubud yeah. Bali. Yeah. Now, I want to go a bit. Of, I want to just dive into your documentary for a second here. Who was your favorite interview? 
you've interviewed some pretty like we looked at your Instagram the other day and I was yeah. like you interviewed Rich Roll oh yeah yeah, like, yeah yeah you've had some pretty elite like influences in this in this movement yeah yeah on your um, documentary so who was your favorite I get that question a lot yeah. and I really don't know um, mm. because everyone was so different like for example if like Rich Roll most people would be like it must have been like so inspiring and amazing to be with him he's an awesome guy but to be completely honest I had like 45 minutes in a room with him and then it was done there were some people, this woman who, like, to be honest, no one's really heard of. She's Her name's Karen Dugan. She's out of St. Louis. And she basically runs, like, plant-based, like, uh, healing uh, healing people's, like, diabetes and, and, and um, all of these, you know, issues that can be healed with a plant-based diet. She does cooking classes, all this stuff. I spent, like, three days with her total. And we became, like, best friends, man. We had such a good time together because we were filming for three days straight. We went to, the, like, the premiere of, um, of this, like, movie together and, like, it was just such a good time and yet people would be shocked to learn that like I had such a more profound experience with her over ritual you know or like Dr. Gregor and, and so like it really it was so experience-based like when I look at the first place I went that was with Seb who's now one of my absolute core best friends and we've done we've traveled the world together doing activism and been to so many places and been in slaughterhouses and factory farms and rescued animals and been to sanctuaries and like he was the first person I met so when I think about my favorite it would be like him or or Karen or yeah, someone who like the journey didn't stop yeah. with that interview. Connection. Absolutely. And yeah. so like that was a huge part about it. But I mean, like Seb introduced me to like street activism and like mm. it's like but I look at like Ethan Brown, CEO of Beyond Meat. I've now been so involved in the making of their company. Not sorry, not I haven't been a part of that company. Yeah. I've been so involved in watching them grow yeah. that I've been infatuated with them and I got to be I got to meet him. And you look at the figures that he was putting out when we interviewed him. Yeah. He was, he was, they were in 30,000 retail outlets or whatever you could say. You know, 30,000 restaurants and stores and stuff like that. I bet it's over 5 million now. Whoa. You know, like, or, or I, 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 can't, I can't say that for sure. Yeah. But they're, they're all over the place in Australia. They're yeah. all over the place in Europe. Canada. U.S., it's nuts. Yeah. Canada, 30,000 locations for, um, for Dunkin' Donuts just launched, like, and he is one of the most humble, beautiful guys. Turns out he grew up like 15 minutes from my house. Wow. Like we got to bond over all this stuff. And it was like, I'll never forget when he told me, he was like, like I had a really good time today. And I was like, I did too. CEO of Beyond Meat, who I had no idea in my life I'd ever meet. Like, yeah, like yeah, such cool, a cool man. interaction. Yeah. So I can't give you a favorite. I really nah, can't. I, I appreciate that. And there's yeah. a couple of things I want to talk about. The first thing is... We often put people on pedestals. Yeah, absolutely. Because they've achieved, they've got this achievement and they're a celebrity, yeah. but we like yeah. we throw them up on a pedestal. Absolutely. And go, oh my God, I met you. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And to be honest, we all do it. And yeah, I yeah, yeah. It. Of and course, like, we all do. And like, I did it so often through the series, and then I'd yeah. meet some of these people and be like, "Oh, there wasn't a connection," and yeah. that's okay. Yeah. But like you know, absolutely. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, and I forgot the second one that I was going to talk to you about, but that's totally fine. Totally fine. Another It'll th- come back up. <laughs> another thing is. I think we've really got the point here is that we want to um, pay attention to our past. Yeah, yeah. So let's, they've, they've heard your message, but Danielle and I were scrolling through, your, well, Danielle was scrolling through Instagram last night and she stumbles across some of your poetry. Mm. And you're up on stage at, a, at an event, and I think it was a, a animal rights event. Yeah. And you were up on stage and you did this epic, um, would you say spoken word? Slam poetry, spoken slam word, poetry. all yeah, absolutely. It was epic, man. Yeah. So, have you always had that? 
it's funny because like since I was like a since I was young, I wrote like little music in here and there, but I I was always into writing like big time. I was always into writing. Um, and it's funny because like I always I like a part of me really loved poetry when I was a kid and everything, and it almost got like beaten out of me in a way because like I I was bullied when I was a kid and like. I often had views that were very different from the norm. I really did. Um, I remember like, I remember we were going over Shakespeare or something like that. And like, I, I, and I don't necessarily hold these beliefs now, but I remember I was the only kid in class that believed in true love and love at first sight. And like, I was like, I remember being, I don't know, I was like 12 or 13 or something. And I had my hand up and I was so like, like, fuck that. I believe in these things. I believe in this energy between people that you can absolutely connect from the immediacy and things like this. And like, and I, I was that kid. And so like, I got, I got like bullied and stuff like that. And so I think like a lot of me was like, cause then I went to college and I was kind of a bro in college and like really was into drinking and like yeah. trying to get girls and all this yeah. stuff. And like, and I didn't want to be like, you know, I, I don't use this word anymore, but like, I didn't want to be a pussy. You know, and like that was this thing that I was so, this toxic masculinity that I was so afraid of being like, being a below, you know, I didn't want to, I wanted to be this man and everything. And this, yeah, I want to be a bro. Absolutely. And like, and now I, I think of that. And I'm like, fuck man. Like, first off, I think I, I, the amount of gratitude I had that I made it out of that mindset. Because yeah. a lot of people don't. Nah, a lot of people don't. That's they what get, we're trying to fix now. Absolutely, man. man. I'm talking about this. This is what I'm passionate about. Yeah. Like fixing that toxic masculinity. Absolutely. It's like, don't be a, like the common one in Australia, big drinkers, right? Yeah, yeah. Don't be a pussy, bro. Come out for a beer. Absolutely. Like, like, and and like, sometimes you don't feel like it. Yeah. And you and you have the shame of like, well, I should go, right? But like, why? Totally, man. Absolutely. This is why, like, I love what you you've got this pattern here where you had this courage to put your hand up and say, no, I do believe in true love. Or no, give me your bottles, I'll recycle them. Like, that's courage. That's Mm. boldness. That's Mm. what that is. Mm. People need boldness. Yeah, absolutely. And when we often believe in something and we're around a a dominating culture that believes in the alternative it's really hard for us to stand up and i think yeah. this is what the, the vegan movement is the plant-based movement yeah. the animal activism or the animal liberation movement yeah. animal yeah. rights movement is we have a community yeah. that shares the same values yeah. and yeah. now we empower each other yeah. we're not saying have a beer bro or eat some meat bro Just don't be like where are you gonna get your protein from yeah. we're actually in a, a positive environment and yeah. it's growing man. yeah yeah it's and growing. and we listen or we try we try our best to listen yeah. and like communicate and do all these things and grow yeah. because like it, I, that is one thing like i'm so grateful to like have found something mm. you know like to find fulfillment and i i was going to mention this earlier like people often ask me like especially my parents my parents always want to know if i'm happy mm. and like i've shifted my viewpoint because i do things that make me profoundly unhappy yeah. i go into slaughterhouses mm. i rescue animals and that part makes me it doesn't even make me happy it makes me fulfilled mm. and i think in a way we've been taught this lie of bliss or that we're deserving of bliss and happiness and like i believe happiness is is self-determined in a way but i think fulfillment is what we should be putting our 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 journey toward and our path towards is is not how can i be happy but how can i be fulfilled how can i create change that embetters that that betters all of us you know like and that's that's uh, exactly how can i be of service absolutely and it's not just about us it's about the animals it's yeah. about the planet about the trees yeah about farming principles yeah about of course clothing, um, processes. absolutely and, and you can find any of these paths like i i happen to be on one towards veganism and animals because it was your but, because it was your symbols, because it, absolutely your symbols, right? abso- because i was led here in a way absolutely but also like when i meet people who aren't vegan for example mm. i love to learn about how the fact that they're making they're making biodegradable plastic mm. or something like that because we can blend Mm-hmm. I can I can say holy shit you're right I should stop using plastic and I will do that and I will be open minded I will learn from you but I want you to learn from me too yeah. and I want you to learn 
for example, that most of the plastic in the oceans, you might not have found this, but is actually from fishing nets and fishing equipment, you know, because you might not know that. And if we can all, all of the game changers, if we can all come together and be open, because I want to be a better person. I want to do better things. I want to help the world move in a more positive direction. But mine is with veganism. You know, that's kind of where I am. I wonder where that, that's an interesting thought. I wonder how that looks. Like, this makes me excited, actually. I don't think anyone's doing this. Wonder what it looks like of bringing these game changers. Yeah, together. Together. Yeah, of course. It's like a, it's like a piece of a puzzle. It's yeah. Like everyone that's helping fix this earth. Yeah. And fix humanity, whether that's people of healers. Yeah. Whether that's uh, animal activists. Yeah. Whether that's um, natural or nutritionists. Of course. Um, eco warriors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't right. even know what else there is. You yeah, know absolutely. Message here yeah, is like of course. People running conscious business and teaching people how to be more ethical in the way they. Um, standardize their business or create systems that yeah. you know have integrity yeah like, I wonder what that looks like yeah it's it's happening actually mm-hmm. I mean if you if you think about it there are more it's it's being discussed more and more I look at veganism for example like veganism it was something that wasn't ever talked about yeah. and now environmentalists are talking about it and now athletes are talking about it hugely athletes are talking about it and so now I think we are getting game changers together mm. talking about veganism but also there are like I, I, I have a buddy who's um, a friend of a friend basically um, is is doing exactly that they're bringing game changers in from the animal rights community like the plant-based community and the farming community Amazing. and they're all trying to merge together to see how they can be mutually beneficial um, and I think it's happening because it has to happen yeah, we have no other option yeah. we have no other option we have that's to the next, that's the next yeah. era isn't it absolutely absolutely or or we fail you know and 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 i i also i try not to believe that that's possible but i believe that those are our only two options is we either do this or we really do fail as a species and as as you know and i i i do keep that in my mind too and i i realize that i i think a lot of people see that as being highly negative Mm. but i believe it exists personally i believe that there that we do have the choice we can you know succeed or fail in this in this battle of of ideology of peace you know um and i think that's so important to realize is that like we all have to act that was that was my big thing is is during ayahuasca i learned that i am a foot soldier and nothing more and nothing less i am here just like you are i am here with a purpose and i will dedicate my life to it because i am a foot soldier within this and it also taught me that i need to act like a soldier and when i'm when i'm in battle or doing you know i'm not violent like a soldier you know typically is but an eco warrior for example you know i i'm that same way in in a, in a different way um and so i also have to like take time to heal because battle will destroy you and you have to come back and you have to do things so it taught me i don't know it's it, I, that was the big thing that was one of the big takeaways was the term foot soldier and i i i i've meet so many foot soldiers now and it's this beautiful experience to like see us all all exactly all creating this army of peace mm-hmm. and of good and of benefit and we're all chipping away at this massive problem totally. and we're just trying to bring it down you know it's totally the paradox you know like the yeah army of peace. absolutely it's beautiful man yeah. that's what we're creating yeah and it's a pleasure to be here with you i think we can finish it on that yeah for sure um first of all grateful to your brother same to you man yeah glad glad we have somehow come into each other's I lives know. yeah totally for, for sure purpose. Yeah. But uh, so everyone would have got something out of that. I know that for for a fact. The the main message here is if you're struggling in this journey of life, yeah. um, and you're 
barricades of fulfillment aren't up right now, put them up. Mm. And then while you're moving forward, use that as your radar to find that, am I on the right path or not? And then while you're going forward, just take some time like to chill and have a little bit of reflection time yeah. on your past, yeah. on your story. Yeah. Look for the symbols. Look for what, what was there for you growing up. Why do you have the gifts that you do? Why do you have the experiences that you do have? Like, why is it all in your life? When you give yourself time, meditate, space, figure that out, you'll be very surprised at where you're going. Yeah. And be open to change because it's going to change you radically. So have a beautiful day. Remember, guys, it is time to wake up. We've got to save this planet. We've got to save ourselves. And we've got to start living with fulfillment and, and empowering others to do the same. And save the animals. And save the animals. animals. (laughs) Absolutely. Awesome, brother. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the end. I'm incredibly grateful to share these magical lessons and experiences with you here. Please, if you can do anything right now, adopt the takeaways that our guests give you in each episode and use it in your life and share it with your loved ones because that's what matters. And remember this, Socrates once said, the secret to change is to focus all of your energy, not on fighting the old, but on building the new. It's time to wake up, my friends.